Hi everyone, I'm David Green. Welcome to the fifth of our series of summer special episodes of the Digital HR Leaders podcast that collectively provide an outside-in perspective on HR. People analytics is the fastest growing part of HR, and prior to the arrival of the COVID-19 pandemic, was named by HR practitioners themselves as one of four trends in LinkedIn's annual Global Talent Trends Report that were most likely to impact on how their organisations hire, develop and retain their workforces in 2020. During the crisis, People Analytics has been further elevated as companies strive for insights and data to drive employee safety and well-being, understand the impact of remote work and create their return to workforce workplace plans. Many practitioners and leaders in the people analytics space have no previous experience of working in HR. My guest on this week's episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast is Sophie Rigera Hadrawi. And when she took on the challenge of setting up the people analytics function at the International Committee of the Red Cross in 2017, Sophie had a background in finance and operations, but not HR. Sophie quickly established that in a humanitarian organization, the key people related requirement is to ensure the right people are on the ground at the right time to support the ICRC's critical humanitarian work in conflict zones. In our conversation, Sophie and I discuss how she set up the people analytics function, identified the priorities and delivered the first use cases. We look at how the team evolved and developed its skills over the three years Sophie was at the helm. And Sophie provides tips for other people analytics leaders who run small teams. We also look at the steps Sophie took to help upskill the wider HR community at the International Committee of the Red Cross. And we talk about how her experience in people analytics is supporting her in her new role as HR partner for the Near and Middle East region at the Red Cross. This episode is a must listen for anyone interested in how to set up and develop a people analytics team and the unique challenges involved in leading a small team in a humanitarian organization. So that's CHROs, senior HR leaders, and anyone in a people analytics or HR business partner role. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Sophie Rigera Hadawi, HR partner for Near and Middle East Region at the International Committee of the Red Cross to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Welcome to the show, Sophie. It's great to have you on the show. Can you provide listeners with a a brief introduction to your background and your current role at the uh, International Committee of the Red Cross? Yes. Um, Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm delighted uh, to be with you, David, today. Uh, So um, I'm Sophie Roguera-Hadraoui. I spent the last nine years uh, within the International Committee of the Red Cross, which is part of the Red Cross and Red Crescent movement. ICRC, as we call it, um, we have 20,000 people across 80 countries, um, and we are here to protect the dignity and lives of people affected by armed conflict and to provide also assistance. Uh, so uh, I have a analytical, financial analytical background. So I joined the ICRC uh, with um, a finance background. I previously worked in the private sector. Uh, and slowly and surely, I evolved in the operation, um, so the, the bulk of our work. And uh, four years ago, I joined HR from the analyst uh, path uh, as a people analytics analyst and workforce planning advisor. And um, I spent four uh, intense, uh, very interesting um, 
uh, day, years uh, as a uh, uh, head of people analytics unit. Um, and uh, recently I decided to, to move and to still be in the HR family, but to have a more broader view and to actually be closer to operation with an analytical mindset. Well, we're going to explore all the way, particularly through the last four years, about how you set up people analytics at ICSE and, and, and how that's going to help you in your current role, particularly having a business background as well. I think we could cover some interesting topics here. So I'm going to take you back a few years. Um, I, you've just been appointed as, as head of people analytics at ICSE. Um, how did you set up people analytics in the organization? I'm particularly interested because obviously it's a humanitarian organization and a lot of people we have on the show are coming from you know, banks or, or, or pharmaceutical companies. This is you know, quite, quite unique. So how did you set up the function in your organization? So uh, four years ago, what happened is that um, the leadership clearly identified that there was a need for a data-driven approach in its HR. And for us in the humanitarian sector, what matters is to make sure that we have the right people at the right place. And you can't do that without proper workforce planning in place, proper people analytics function in place. So there was this need um, that uh, led to, to the uh, building of the people analytics function. Um, so we started small. Uh, we started like a startup. I was alone. <laughs> Slowly and surely it was a, a tandem, a group of two people uh, reaching out also other resources, uh, leveraging the gig economy um, and uh, consultant that uh, would be uh, ready to help us. Uh, and uh, um, we primarily focused on the staffing because this was a burning question for the operation. So how we started, we really started looking at, okay, what matters for our clients? Uh, client being the operation uh, in the private sector, you know, the business, uh, the, the sales uh, uh, teams, etc. So this was really the starting point. Yeah, and that, and that makes sense, as you said, that the, the primary objectives is right people, right place. So you, you said that was your first use cases that you that you looked at. Um, and, you know, as you as as the team developed over the years, you, what worked and, and in terms of some of the approaches you, you did and why do you feel feel that they worked? I think what works is that um, our first objective was really to democratize the data because we have 20,000 people. Uh, we have uh, extensive HR teams, more than 500. So the first point was really to democratize the data. Uh, so data is available for HR teams to take people decisions. And I think in that matters, uh, we built a lot of dashboards, hundreds of dashboards. Uh, we put in place key indicators related to staffing. Um, and I think definitely this was um, the success story about, okay, we were able to, to surface data, to create the dashboard, to, to, to have transparency and visibility on what exists. Um, I think this, yeah, it's, yeah, what works, definitely. Just bringing that data, making it real for people to, probably start asking questions about it or, or, or helping them solve the, the challenge that they had at the time. And, you know, what didn't work and, and um, you know, and that you're prepared to share, of course. Uh, and what would you do differently if you if you could do it again? Yeah, I think um, we, uh, we were a small team and uh, the, the team is expanding. But when you're a small team, it's not always easy 
because you need to prioritize. And especially when it comes to people analytics, um, every analytics, uh, every analysis, every project research uh, takes a lot of time. So prioritization is really important. And I'm sure that we miss some opportunities opportunities like uh, other people analytics function across the globe. Um, I would say if I had to do uh, it differently, I would invest much more time in influencing skills, um, in really doing a lot of advocacy, uh, showing uh, to the uh, managers and leaders how to use data to take informed decisions. Because what I realized over the four years is that it's one thing to get the data, it's one thing to get the that are right, and I, we know that it's a, it's a long journey. Uh, it's another thing to get dashboard and metrics, but it's the third part, which is really important, is really to do storytelling and to uh, teach to people how to use it on a daily basis, how to identify the really right data for as HR responsible. Yeah, and it's quite it's quite interesting because obviously you you shared that you come from an analyst background, but not an HR background. So I'm interested as well what you what you had to learn coming into HR, but what you feel that that HR could learn from 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 people you know from from people yeah. that have more of a, a, a numbers and analytics background as well. So um, I would say, and I can confirm that after four years, that really people analytics is part of HR. And people tend to think that, okay, this is other geek people of HR. They love numbers, they love data, and somehow they think that people and data can come together. And it's beyond that. Um, I was really, um, I would say, I had the privilege to have really great managers who um, really understood that. And I was in a key discussion from D1. And it really enabled me to understand HR. I also um, did some trainings to actually bring up my myself up to speed in terms of HR, uh, to be aware of the next HR novelties. So this is really important to actually identify the key problems because you can't identify HR problems, HR trends, and bring a valued uh, um, insight if you don't understand HR. Uh, so I think it's what I've been trying to do is really to say we are not the statistics office. We are not the reporting office. We are here to help you to take people's decisions. We are here to support your workforce planning initiatives and approaches. Um, and I think uh, what I gain as an uh, analyst, analyst is really to learn HR at all levels, to understand all the key trends related to the employee life cycle. Uh, and what I think the, the HR function um, uh, took from me, really my analytical mindset, the, the structure of, you know, analytics, how you collect, capture, uh, compile, report on data, generate insights, do forecasting, um, all this part. So it was um, a win-win, if I may say. Well, I think, I think it's certainly something we've seen, um, you know, people coming into HR, you know, more people coming into HR with, with analytical backgrounds. Um, but as you said, then combining, bringing those two things together, which, is, as, you, as you said, is, is really important. You know, and that leads on quite nicely to, to my next question, really, which is, can you provide an example of a successful people analytics project that you did? You know, why you chose that particular project and also the impact it had in uh, ICSE? Yeah, um, I think one of the projects that I really liked was uh, the people analytics portal. I, uh, as a people analytics person, you need to evangelize to uh, show to people how we can use data. 
And uh, uh, with my team, we created this people analytics portal for all employees, uh, managers, uh, HR practitioners that really uh, shows uh, and describe one, what is people analytics? Why we need it? Because the why is really important. Also, the evolution and the different steps we have been through. Um, and definitely the, all the dashboard KPIs, but also external resources. Um, and we also shared our project and novelties. And it's really, uh, uh, the idea is to keep up the momentum. I think people are really interested and there is appetite for data, but we keep up the momentum by this portal that we update regularly with novelties, with things, and that allow um, uh, anyone in the organization at any level to check the, the portal. And we have built different section called what's in it for me. So uh, if I'm an HR manager, I can see directly what is in it for me. If I'm an employee, I can see what's in it for me. And it's a way to promote the people analytics function, but also to make it relevant for HR and for the organization. Great. And, and what were some of the sort of anecdotal reactions that, that you had from people to the portal? Um, so, uh, to, to be frankly honest, it's, uh, we work a lot about it and uh, we were supposed to do really the, the, the big show just before the COVID-19 uh, crisis. Uh, so we, we share it with early adopters and um, we'll need to identify when we can uh, promote it. But it's uh, months uh, of work because uh, we compiled all the things that we were doing uh, to make a, a compelling story. Um, and uh, I think uh, when we shared with uh, some of our colleagues, uh, the first uh, reaction was like, oh, Finally, we have this. Now I'm not lost with all the dashboard. I know where to go. Um, and uh, also, we are developing more and more in this portal how to use data. Like, what do I do with the turnover rate? And how I can triangulate the turnover rate with maybe absenteeism, with engagement, really to, to bring capability within the HR function. So it's almost like trying to put the hands in there, as you said, democratizing the data and putting the data in their hands so that they yeah. can play around with it a little bit. Yeah. And actually, as you said, start to make some correlations and, and, and inform their discussions with, with the business, I guess, the operations. Yeah. And you talked about COVID-19, actually. You know, I know, obviously, your roles changed probably during the crisis. But what was the impact of, of COVID-19 on, on, on the people analytics team? I must say that um, COVID-19 um, really we managed to 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 leverage a bit this you know this uh, situation uh, uh this pandemic situation uh uncertainty etc to to leverage this actually as an opportunity uh i must say for months we have been working on some uh dashboard uh for uh regarding employees etc and uh when the 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 lockdown happens uh all managers wanted to know okay where are where are our staff? How do we do, etc.? And because we have been doing all this groundwork, it was really easy for us to leverage and to come up with some data. Here we go. Um, so it, it was good because um, it promotes the people analytics function, but also uh, leaders were really able to walk the talk using data to take informed decisions. It was really good for the people analytics function ultimately. Uh, of course, uh, this uh, comes with a price, but so it requires a lot of work and investment and really being able to be agile to produce real-time data because once you open the door 
I mean, people really have appetite and want to know. Uh, each time we update the dashboard, we're like, oh, yes, the, data, the dashboard is updated. Some of our colleagues, they remember when the data will be available. Um, and so I think it was a, a very good uh, joint effort with all the um, team working uh, in HR systems. Yeah, I mean, that's a story we're hearing from a, a lot of people analytics teams around the world that, you know, particularly where they'd already got the stakeholder equity um, in their in their in their respective organisations, you know, the demand uh, for 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 insights certainly went up because of the crisis, um, which we're still in. Let's be honest about it, and um, it is helping to accelerate and elevate the work of people analytics within the within their organisations, which is, you know. I guess a silver lining of the crisis, at least from a, a people analytics perspective. So we hear a lot when I when I talk to your peers around the world. You know, I hear a lot around the skills to do people analytics. So what I'm quite interested in is over the the three years you had of running the team, um, how did the how did the team evolve in terms of, of skills, structure, and, and and scope? Yeah, I think um, so. At the beginning, I was alone, but also I had uh, some colleague, but. Uh, three years ago, we actually built a permanent team, uh, which really allows some continuity and really to go deep in some of the project. In terms of skills, uh, when you're a small team like that, you really need to learn. So I, one of my, my colleagues, she, she just, she's a star uh, in all the um, advanced statistic uh, analysis, uh, in dashboarding, in storytelling. Uh, so um, I learn a lot of her from her. She she also it's really a learning curve for uh, the the people and the team. Uh, and what we try to do is we try we're trying to learn from each other. And I think it's really important because we are so small. We you know we need to combine communication skills, um, stakeholders management, project management, change management with really um, technical skills as such as statistical analysis, etc. So it's really, you, you need to be uh, uh, very, I mean, uh, open and ready to have hands-on and to do, you know, everything from, you know, crunching the data on Excel and spending time on Excel uh, and the other day doing a, a presentation and trying to engage stakeholders on key um, people analytics projects. So uh, really cross-cutting uh, work. Uh, so it's, it was really, really interesting. And uh, I guess, you know, if you've got a small team, one of the things you really need to get good at doing is prioritization. Oh, yeah. Because um, yeah. you've only got so many hands available to, yeah. to do the work. Yeah. yeah. You know, we have quite a lot of people who are listening um, in who do work either on either lead a, a small people analytics teams or, or, or are part of a small people analytics teams or maybe want to set a, a people analytics team up within their organization. You know, if you had to give some tips, and you've outlined some already, but if you had to give some tips to someone that was going to do that, what do you think the most important areas are to focus on when, when, when you have a small team? I think when you have a small team, um, in terms of skills, uh, you need to have uh, someone very good, uh, at, you know, from the techie side, really. Someone who can actually do uh, some Tableau dashboarding or any BI dashboard, but also doing some statistical uh, analysis. So really someone very flexible, adaptable, 
uh, and being able to leverage technologies, AI, etc. And you also need uh, someone being able to be the, the um, I would say, the, the sell, the salesperson, or the, the, the yeah, to to be able to promote, to communicate, to influence, to manage stakeholders, to have the vision. So, I think uh, one does not um, go without the other. So having someone very techy without, you know, the more the change management, HR doesn't work. Having someone really on the communication, on the HR um, practices doesn't work. I mean, you need really this, this two unique, uh, this combination of uh, skills. It's, it's key. Someone who can make sure that the right work's coming in yeah. and someone to actually then do the work and then someone to yeah. take, the, take that out yeah. and actually make sure that it's action. Yeah. And um, yeah. did you, I mean, you mentioned that you came from an analytics background within the organization as well. I mean, did you get access to um, maybe analytics experts from other part outside HR as well? Yeah, and, and I think it's uh, one of the strengths when you come with an analytics background, you, you really have the, your, your group of people that you can go to um, and uh, there is really solidarity, I think, among, uh, um, uh, I would say, data scientists, experts, analysts uh, that come together and um, I think it's, and there was a kind of uh, informal group, but also some formal groups where you could could reach uh, some uh, technical experts and ask any uh, question. Uh, so I think this was good. And I must say, when you're a small team like that, it's really important to to be able to ask for help because um, uh, we don't know the profile and skills of um, uh, our colleague, uh, and it's not always easy. But really being able to say, "Oh, I need help. Could you help me on that?" Um, it, I mean, for me, it really um, I triggered um, things. I mean, a lot of time it really uh, helped me and brought added value. So I suppose then a, a tip that we'd give to people listening is, you know, if you're working in a people, small people analytics team, don't just think within the confines of HR. Think across the organization. Yeah. And as you said, there are other technical experts, usually in most companies that, you know, you can maybe borrow resources from or, or, or combine efforts because if, yeah, you, again, if you're solving a, yeah. a problem for the organization, it's likely that you'll need data from outside HR as well. Yeah, combine effort, yeah. Some of the big challenges you, you've talked about, um, challenges around data quality um, and, and stakeholder management budget, I guess. You know, what were, what were the big challenges that, you've, that you had to solve as you grew, as you grew the team? Um, like um, a lot of HR function, I think data quality is really uh, always a, a burning point, of, uh, especially working in people analytics. And I think um, a lot of effort are actually uh, done uh, within the organization really to, to work on that. And it's key and it's relevant. Uh, so um, I must say, yeah, data quality. And actually... When it comes to technology, I, th I think we, we were lucky. We have a strong, robust HR system. But what is not easy when you work with people analytics is that you, you, there are so many new people analytics tools on the market that come every day. And sometimes, like, I could do this with that tool. <laughs> uh, so I think from technology, is really to, to be able to, to play and uh, to, to do some patchwork and to, to use, okay, I can use R for that. I can use Python for that. I can uh, use Tableau for that and uh, to navigate uh, with all the, the new, um, uh, with the landscape of, of technologies existing. Um, but um, uh, I would say for me, um, 
as people analytics function, of course, you will have challenges like everywhere. What is really important is really to have the, the, the support um, and the buy-in from the, the, your key stakeholders. And we were lucky really to have it. So that's actually enabled to um, bring forward the people analytics agenda. Yeah, I, th- I think you mentioned it there. Stakeholder buy-in is, is absolutely key. You can have yeah. the best the best data in the world, the best tech technology tools in the world, but if you haven't got the that, those stakeholder relationships, and I think it, it you know, you, you're at risk of, of of not having much impact. Certainly, when we um, look at organisations around the world, I think that stakeholder management is sometimes underplayed, uh, but as to how important it is, so it's it's good that, and again, I think that's a good learning for people listening to this, you know, to really work on that, as you said, stakeholder management and influencing. Um, you know the ability to influence this, influence your stakeholders. So we've talked about upskilling a little bit around the HR community, and I know from speaking to you previously, you did some pretty good work here to do that. So, what steps did you take to to try and you know upskill HR with people analytics skills such as data literacy, storytelling, and and hypothesis building, for example? So um, I think what we did uh, in our team uh, was actually first to focus on the early adopters, focus on the champions and people were uh, were eager to use uh, data to take um, informed decisions. So we started with them and actually they became very good promoters. Um, and um, we really pushed them, follow up, did some tailored sessions. And then slowly as we evolved and that the demand increases, uh, we really developed um, uh, training module, uh, really with a key training uh, session uh, for the uh, HR practitioners and uh, really customized. So uh, for one, for instance, for recruitment, for recruiters, one, for instance, for uh, okay HR responsible. So really uh, being able to have tailored ve- um, session regarding people analytics uh, for, um, for the HR community. So instead of saying, oh, this is people analytics and I'm going to to give you a, a full session training. We were like, oh, this is people analytics, and let's look at what you need, what you need as a recruiter, what you need as an HRBP, etc. So we really focus on the client needs to um, raise appetite for. So you kind of tailored and personalized yeah. the training for different personas yeah. within yeah. HR. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of what you said about um, the portal as well, it, yeah. you know, the what's in it for me type of yeah. thing. Okay, and and by doing that training, um, I, I I guess it it helped the individuals, but did it actually then start prompt more questions coming in on on potential um, projects that you could you could work on as well? Yeah, definitely. What we have seen um, across this training that um, some of the the colleagues actually started their own project because uh, they were into it, they were interested, uh, and um, uh, started to do their own research and uh, asking uh, people analytics really uh, to guide them, to advise them. So we became more as consultant uh, advisor, which was really good. And I think in the long run, as the HR function evolves, it's also some of the part that we need to really explore to, to be not only focused on the products, researchers inside, but really being advisor to the HR community and being a stronger center of expertise. Uh, so uh, this was really one of the good aspects. And I guess by doing that, you said focusing on the champions, which is definitely something that, that, that I would recommend those early adopters. You almost create an extension of the team, which when you've yeah. got a small team, 
is a way of almost growing the team in a slightly subliminal way. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Your legacy, I guess, in the people analytics team you shared with me last week when we when we spoke is, um, I don't know, we're going to talk about your new role in a minute, but the team, you've got sign-off now to, to grow, the, the, the sign-off to grow the people analytics team. Yeah, so the, team, the people analytics team is expanding and... Uh, uh, when I left, they were recruiting uh, um, an extra person to help them. Which is a nice legacy and kind of demonstrates, uh, you know, you're not going to get extra headcount unless you're demonstrating value. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So you've now moved to a new role outside people analytics. So, you know, firstly, please tell us what that role is, and, 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 and but also how you feel that the experience in people analytics has, has helped you already and will likely help you in the in the future in this role. Yeah, so now I'm the HR partner for Near and Middle East. Uh, so uh, really um, leading the HR function uh, in uh, in this region, uh, supporting the the all HR responsible in each country, being an enabler. Um, uh, so it's really uh, for me. I really wanted to go back uh, to, to closer to the field and to the operation, um, and. Uh, I must say, uh, my people analytics background uh, uh, really helped me um, to have a clear vision where I want to go, uh, to push forward some of the agenda initiatives, but having a real evidence-based approach. Uh, and uh, I think having a people analytics background really helped to uh, really demystify uh, some of the really pure emotional discussion and, and really being... Uh, I know we we say data driven. I think it's uh, always human driven, but with evidence. And I think it's what I'm trying is uh, being a people person, but looking at the evidence to move forward. Uh, it's it's. I think I really have this analytical mindset uh, that I need to uh, that I'm trying to, to to come together and I'm actually coming with a pure HR function, HR practitioner. And obviously a business background as well. So, yeah. I, and I guess what's going to happen is from being the person that helped set up and established the people analytics function, you know, in, I, in ICSE, you are now going to be a big customer of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I think it's it's not easy um, to to realize actually uh, when you, you switch, you know, uh, to position and you change it it's not always easy to really change from one day to another you know because you're being head of people politics and they're at the day you're HR partner so it's not always easy as human being to do the switch uh, uh, but um, I, yeah definitely I'm a big big fan and I I'm always the one asking okay what is indicators what the data tell us what can we do and uh, it's really interesting because each time I have a discussion with someone um, if you know someone saying something, I just check on the dashboard. Mm, but it's not what I. It's not what the data is saying. Or, oh yeah, the data confirmed that. So it's really, I would say, powerful. Um, but I, uh, uh, I have, I will have time to to better use it uh, as a HR practitioner. Brilliant. Uh, two more questions. So, firstly, what would you say? So you let's say you've got an analyst that comes up to you. They've worked in. They've worked outside HR. They've maybe worked in marketing or in finance. They're thinking about a role in, in a people analytics team. What would you say to them? You know, to, you know, why would they? What would make them want to be a work in people analytics as opposed to another analytics function in the business? 
I think uh, personally, uh, working as a people uh, um, analytics uh, expert or manager uh, really has a, a strong impact because we are talking about people behind each number's data. There, there are people, there are lives, there are situations. And I think for me, it's, it was always my driver. It was, okay, I want to improve. My impact is really to improve the employee experience through the data. And I think it really makes a difference as a, a people analytics because you're having an impact on, on people's lives, on the workplace. So again, when you look at the, the different analytics function, you, you could okay improve the return on investment, you could improve the financial situation, but there is, I think, nothing, especially in these days, nothing more important than, than people. And um, especially if you want to use your skills for better impact, I think this is a perfect uh, team and unit. That sounds like a good recruiting call to me. And so this leads on to the question that we're asking all our guests on the on the show in this sort of summer special series. You know, what do you believe that HR can do to drive more value? Yeah, I've been reflecting on this question, which, which is definitely not easy. Um, as I said, I think, uh, especially in the humanitarian sector, is really to 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 have the the right people at the right place. Uh, but to, to be really to, to drive value, I think HR really need to reinvent itself and to be upfront, to be ahead of the game in terms of, um, I would say, of, uh, business challenges and to, to think forward, say, okay, this is going to happen and this is what you can do. And you can leverage people analytics and also other analysts and analytics teams from other teams to see what is going on, what is going to happen and how you can reinvent yourself adjust your response, your HR response to the future. And I think the COVID-19 situation was a, a, a very good example. I, I think during this COVID-19 situation, the HR leaders were actually were thinking not about today, but actually about what next, where the one were ahead of the game and really brought value and um, yeah, to, the, to the team and to the organization. Yeah, there certainly seems to have been more of a focus around employee wellness and safety. Um, which I think is good um, and all as well for the future. And I guess in your organization, you've got people doing very difficult work in very yeah. cha challenging conditions. Yeah. So if HR yeah. is actually helping, A, make sure there's the right number of people in that place yeah. and, and are supporting those people in, in their difficult roles. And that's what HR should be doing. Sophie, it's been great to talk to you again. Um, thanks for being a guest on the show. How can listeners stay in touch with you on social media if you're on social media? <laughs> yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn <laughs> uh, so, uh, with my name, Sophie Rogera-Hadraoui. Um, I'm not really active on Twitter. I just follow, but I'm not active on Twitter. Uh, so um, you can reach me out on LinkedIn and um, and I will be in touch. Great. Sophie, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, as I said. You know, take care and hopefully we'll see each other in person soon when, when things get yeah. back to normal, whatever normal is. So. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Thanks a lot, David, for uh, this time with you and with the question. It was really interesting. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can subscribe via your podcast app of choice. If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show on your podcast app and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast. If you haven't already, do check out the MyHR Future Academy, 
at myhrfuture.com. It's a learning experience platform for HR professionals looking to get certified in people analytics, digital HR and workforce planning. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter by going to the My HR Future website. That's all for this episode. So stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you next time.